Welcome to the Messenger Podcast, where our mission is to develop uncompromising followers of Christ who transform our world. Dun, dun, dun. We want to use this podcast to share truths, keep up with that music, that will position you to experience God's best in your life and in your world. My name is Matt Joya, and joining me in studio is none other than our COO, Addison Bevere. Mr. Matt's ah, going to be in the studio with you. Ah, wow. Is that the crowd going wild? Ah, I'm just making that noise, actually. You sound, you sound like your daughter. <laughs> I was just, it actually, thank you. It just dawned on me that you're the normal host of the Messenger podcast, but because you're sharing the podcast today, I am hosting. So you're the host of the host. I'm the host of the host that serves the Lord of hosts. Wow. That just got weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a song from the 80s. Yeah, it, it kind of does. Um, right up there with Celebrate. Which were your um, glory days. You love the 80s. I do love the yeah. 80s. There are so many movies, so many TV shows on I the know. 80s because it's so rich. I know. I, I only spent four years in the 80s, so I just can't appreciate it the way you did. Uh, that's why you need people like me. That's true. To share that Thank you. wisdom and Thank insight you with you. Thank you for being that person in my life. I appreciate it. And so we encourage you all to check out the history facts on the 80s, but we want to jump into this podcast because Addison, you actually shared a lot of great wisdom uh, with our team and we want to uh, share that with our listeners. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and give it a listen. Sounds good. Today, I want to I wanna take you into my journey. Some of the things that I've experienced over the last couple of weeks, navigating these ideas of hope and expectation and Julia and I over Christmas break we had the brilliant idea of driving all the way down to South Texas with our four children and spending 33 and a half hours in the car which yeah I'm not like the Dykstra I can't I can't do that in my sleep and it was an amazing time uh, only had a kid throw up twice so that wasn't too bad and most of it was contained in a bag so I didn't throw up uh, but a part, but a part of the trip, we went to Dallas to spend a few days with some friends of ours who are live friends of ours, Grant and Carly Barron. They actually Woo! worked here, yeah, worked here at Messenger International for five years, and they're the kind of friends that you need. They they live in a world that's similar to yours but different. I mean, it's great to have close friends in your world that you're doing life with side by side, day by day. But it's great to have people outside your world who are also in a similar world, and they're friends like that for Julie and I. And we decided while we were there to do what we call a Holy Spirit hangout. And what that looks like is you designate a night to just turn on some worship music and let things get awkward. And so we get, we get, our, we get our Bibles out and we just, you know, see what God does. Everyone sits around. We're praying in the Spirit. We're reading different passages. We're bringing up stuff like, hey, uh, the number 74, does that mean anything to you? No, I, I have no idea what, what the number 74. Hey, hey, does the name Bethany mean anything to anyone in this room? No, we, we have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, so I, as, I was spending, as I was spending that time in prayer, um, I had this awareness that God was going to do something big in my life this year, and I needed to be expectant for it. And I want to read something that I journaled to you. Um, this is what I journaled. I said, God, I want to know you more. Your presence is the highest consciousness of living. May I find and share that life that only belongs to and in you. Consuming fire, purify me of those things that are keeping me from being a vessel worthy and capable of honorable use. And then I said, God, please download your vision onto our hearts. Julie and I want to give our time, energy, and talents to the pursuit of what you placed in us and before us. We pray that you would expose the hindrances and distractions that are keeping us from dying to ourselves, loving others, and following you. 
And so I, I prayed that when you pray something like that, you just get ready because it's coming. Uh, so I did that. And then I go into 2018. You know, 2017 was an amazing year. I go into 2018. It's like, boom, thing after thing after thing after thing. And I'm like, God, really? I mean, last week, y'all, I was warring. Like when I wasn't around people, I was praying. I was warring. So many things going on just in me, inner turmoil, things coming out. The same thing with Julie. And I, over the weekend, I found some peace. I was wrestling with God. I'm like, okay, God, I pray this prayer. And I kind of had this idea of you taking me gradually through things like over the next year. I didn't expect it all to hit me during the first week. And he reminded me of what Proverbs 28 says. And uh, this is a verse that's used a lot in corporate settings. You are all very familiar with it, I'm sure. But where, is no, where there is no vision, the people perish, right? Very familiar with that. What you probably don't realize is this verse is sandwiched between two verses on correction. So before this verse and after this verse, Solomon writes about correction. And it hit me when God showed me that, which I, I didn't know that. Um, God showed me that he loves those he corrects. He, reminds, he reminded me of Hebrews 12 where it talks about if you're not corrected, you're an illegitimate child. And I was meditating on this and I saw that the reality is if we don't experience the tension that comes with the Lord's correction, we're illegitimate children. And the problem is we put such a premium on comfort, such a premium on ease, so we've run from the tension of God's correction. And I was thinking about this, and it hit me that God corrects us to give us a vision and to prove that he has a vision for us. So you don't correct people that you have no vision for. Okay, so let's say if I'm walking out east, and I think I'm going to run into the mountains, Unless someone cares enough for me to turn me around and say, hey, start walking that way, I'm, I'm going to walk through quite a few states before I hit some mountains. And God, he cares enough about us. He has a vision for us. And so he corrects us. He says, no, I've got so much more for you. And I want us to be a people, to be a team that are committed to this idea of correction. I know we might say, man, like correction, that seems to be such a, a regular theme here at Messenger, the narrow road or the straight path. And like, why do things have to be hard? Why can't they just be easy? Like, why doesn't God just give us a life of ease and comfort? And when I was praying on that, God showed me these two things. He said, if things were always easy, we would, we would never develop faith. And if things were always hard, we would never learn how to hope. See, we have to go through the mountaintops and the valleys. It's in the mountains where we learn to hope because we have vision. We can see. And then we go through the valleys, and that's when faith is developed because you can't see. Your, your point of reference, you're, you're too low to see what God's doing in your life. You're too low to see the promises that he's spoken over you. And if we remember 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love last forever. So God has this picture of us that's eternal. And he's developing qualities in us, hope and faith, and ultimately love, that will last forever forever. And that cannot happen. They're too precious, y'all. They're too precious to be given to us without a process. They're too precious, okay? And going into 2018, I, I believe there are things, and I wrote this down, there are things that God's going to bring correction to, and he's going to break these things off our team. And if we lean into that process, he's going to commit to that work. I've shared this before, but the fire of God is different than earthly fire in the sense the closer you get to it, the less it burns. 
When you run from God's fire, it burns you. But when you run to God's fire, it remakes you. It, you surprisingly, paradoxically, it doesn't burn. It actually brings healing and restoration. And so I know that God is more concerned about what's happening in us than he is about what's happening to us. Because he knows that the inward sanctuary eventually shapes the outward environment. So as you're looking at what lies ahead, as you're being challenged in the spirit to hope, to dream, to have expectation, lean into that tension. It will require correction. You are not where God desires you to be. And it's not that he's a a nitpicking parent. He just sees you in your pure form. He sees that future reality. And he knows the highest form of living is you realizing who he has recreated you to be in Christ Jesus. So he is continually and faithfully and gently moving you toward that reality, moving you toward that promise. And we got to keep this at the forefront of our minds. Remember Jesus, he endured the pain, the suffering of the cross because he had love for us. He saw this idea of us becoming sons and daughters of God. He saw this idea of him being the firstborn of many sons and daughters, as it says in Romans 8. That's why he was able to go to the cross with joy. And as we go into this year, as we press forward, as we take new ground, as we pioneer, we have got to keep that vision before us. And that vision is people. I say it all the time, but the gospel is all about people. It is good news about people. And we are a strategic gospel coalition. We are a strategic gospel initiative. That's who we are as Messenger International. If we lose sight of the fact that what we do day in and day out is all about people, that will affect how we interact with each other and will affect how we serve the people that God has called us to serve. So remember that. Remind yourself of that. Put things in front of you to remind you that it is all about people. The gospel is all about people. The story, the biblical narrative of God redeeming the world, it's all about people. More specifically, it's all about family. We talk about messenger family here. I would love to see this team go to new levels of that family connection in 2018. Amen. Wow, that was good. First of all, Addison, I have a question for you. Uh, I want to get invited to one of those Holy Spirit parties. So the next time you have one of those, just... uh, (laughs) Not Holy Spirit parties, they're Holy Spirit hangouts. Holy Spirit (laughs) hangouts. All I'm saying is I want an invitation. But seriously, Ad, um, can you share more about the correlation of correction and vision and how those two work hand in hand? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I want to say it's easier and somewhat bearable to receive correction when you know the person doing the correcting loves you and has a vision for your life. And here's the thing. God sees us as we are now and how we will be one day. And he loves us everywhere along that spectrum. So this whole idea of going through the process isn't about you earning God's love. It's actually about God proving his love for you and his love to you. And when I think of my son, Asher, he's my eldest, and my youngest son, August, who's the youngest, I see this maturity gap between the two of them, right? One's eight, one's one. And the reality is I don't love them any different because there's a maturity gap between them. But Asher, my oldest, he's in a position where he can engage with my love and receive my love and understand my love to a greater degree. So example, yesterday, actually, Asher came up to me in typical Asher fashion. And he's like, Dad, if someone came into our house and said that someone in our family needs to be stabbed by a knife, I know this is kind of weird, but just here I'm going with this. Someone in our family needs to be stabbed by a knife or we were all going to be shot. I don't know where this came from. He's like, you would be the person, wouldn't you, who would say, uh, stab me 
because I want to protect the rest of the family. Wow. Right? He's eight years old. Yeah. And just out of the blue. We're not having any conversations. There's a part of me that's like, why are you thinking about us getting stabbed by a knife? He's got a very uh, active imagination. Yeah. So anyway, I told him, absolutely, Asher, because I love you sacrificially. There's, there's no part of me that I wouldn't give up for you. And he said, no, dad, actually, I would want to be the person oh. who would, who would make the sacrifice. And see, Asher sees my love. He sees my love for him right. in a way that August, my one-year-old doesn't see. So my one-year-old would never have that conversation with me. He, right. he can hardly put together a few words right now. So the point is, is for us as God's children to realize the width and the depth of his saving power, his love for us and his ability to make something brilliant of our lives. And because he loves us so well, he moves us along this pathway of wholeness. And this is what James describes in his first chapter and where he's talking about the trials and mm -hmm. the tribulations and yeah. that patience have its perfect work. And he's talking about taking joy through all of this. And this process can't happen without pain and hardships. Now, I'm not suggesting that you seek out pain or hardship just for the sake of pain and hardship. In Colossians 2, Paul makes it clear that that only feeds vanity. It feeds pride when you're just looking for suffering, looking for austere mm -hmm. things just for the sake of them. But we, as the people of God, we have to be willing to take on the pain and hardship when they stand between us and where God is inviting us to go. So God doesn't need our sacrifice. He wants our obedience. And there are times right. when obedience requires us to face off with things we'd rather not face off with. So Addison, why do we put such a premium on comfort? I mean, it seems like it kind of it shifts all our prayers. We're praying for it. You know, Lord, let this be taken away from me. Lord, take me <laughs> on another me path. Get life. this out. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. why do we seek that? Well, I think we seek it because we are conditioned to love comfort. From a young age, we're taught ease is good. Hardship and suffering are bad. Right. That's, that's just not true. Discomfort is good because it's disruptive. So the Olympics are going on right now, right? Yep. So we're watching the U.S. compete and they're taking home a lot of gold. The reality is those athletes did not become the best in their respective sports by doing what was comfortable. Right. They had a vision of competing on an Olympic stage, so they constantly challenged their comfort zone, and now they're Olympians, right? So the key to find the key to overcoming this propensity toward comfort is to find a compelling why. When we find a compelling why, we can leverage the pain and uncertainty that comes with and from comfort, and we can move forward, move on in whatever God has for us and grow into the people that he's recreated in Christ, recreated us in Christ to be. So what you're sharing is a complete paradigm shift. It's actually looking at something completely different. Well, yeah, and it's not, again, it's not discomfort, it's not pain, it's not hardship for their own sake. Right. It's saying, look, I'm not as I should be. The reality is I have this new creation life in me and that's working itself out, right? And I, as a child of God, I get to participate with the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in me. That's why he says he gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. When we yield to his perfecting work in our lives, stuff starts happening because we're not as we should be. So stuff starts to change. Stuff starts to get purged from us. And John mentioned this. He said, the highest compliment is when God starts refining you because it's, it's his vision for you. He sees something in you and he says, my son, my daughter, guess what? I have this beautiful future, beautiful image of who I've recreated you to be in Christ. It is your true self. This is the one that you've always wanted to be and you've never figured out how to get there. I'm bringing you there. Now, will you yield to the process? Will you not make what's familiar? What Don't make what's comfortable and idle and yield to the pain, yield to the process that I'm bringing you to through. That's a part of our remaking as children of God. 
Oh, that's so good, Addison. I think all of us want to get to that true self. And sometimes when we see the road, even just a little bit, we start to move in the other direction. So this is such it can a great be scary. It's uh, different yeah. than anything. I mean, holiness is in, of it, in and of itself where God calls us to be holy as he is holy. That's different. Right. That's other than what we've seen, other than what we've known. Right. We, we make holiness like rules and regulations. No, holiness is a, our holiness is a derivative of God's holiness. So that is the essential quality that makes God, God. And he has infused our life with his spirit, with his DNA. John says in first John three with his sperm. Okay. So we have this new life in us. And when we yield to that life, we become our true selves. I don't know if you can say sperm on a podcast. I, I just, but did. just did. I just did. It's gr- in the Greek. What it's translation sperma. is that? In the Greek, it's sperma. Okay. I did yeah, not know I'm going, that. I'm going original Greek. You here. got Greek. There okay. We go. I can't fact check you on that. So I'm just going to take you at your word. <laughs> fact check me. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Addison, kind of wrapping this up, I, I'd love for you to be able to share some final thoughts and positioning our listeners um, to be expectant. You talked about bringing that expectancy, not expectations, but bringing that expectancy for what God's going to do in 2018. Yeah, no, so good. So two things, I think our listeners need to ask themselves these questions. Number one, has the fear of discomfort kept me from receiving a greater vision for my life. So has the fear of discomfort kept me from receiving a greater vision for my life? And the second question is, has an unhealthy love of comfort kept me from pursuing the dreams and goals that God's placed inside of me? And I'm gonna read that again. Has an unhealthy love of comfort kept me from pursuing the dreams and goals that God's placed inside of me? So I wanna encourage everyone listening today to pray bold prayers. Specifically ask God to give you eyes to see yourself the way he sees you. Because when you get his vision for your life, you'll be willing to die to your false self. You'll be willing to go through the pain and the discomfort and the correction because you get this idea of who he's recreating you to be. And that at the end of the day is what it's all about. And as I mentioned in the message, it's all about people. We make this salvation experience, we make the gospel message very self-centric. We make it about ourselves, one day getting to heaven, living good right. enough to, to make it into heaven. But the reality is there's a lost and dying world out there, and they need to see the power of God in you. They need you to go through a process. They need you to become salt and light. They need you to reveal Jesus to them. There's no, as we talk about, Matt, you and I have this conversation often. Jesus is not walking on this earth, but he has sent his spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ to live in us. We are the temple, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, we are his temple. We have his spirit. His spirit is in us. And when we yield to his spirit, when we give the spirit control of our lives, he does something beautiful and wonderful Mm -hmm. that's beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine. What a charge. Addison, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for what you shared. Yeah, bro. Anytime. (laughs) Absolutely. I learned something about the Greek today that I didn't know as well. So I appreciate you bringing that out as well. You're welcome. And I want to thank you all for joining us today too. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know how these messages and these conversations are impacting you directly. And we would so appreciate it if you rate the show and, and even take the time to write a review. Don't give us a negative rating though about sperma being used, the word sperma being used. I just don't think that's fair. It isn't fair. Because it's actually in the Greek. It's in there. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Right. And I'm glad we had that disclaimer. I interrupted you. You're doing your outro. You're closing it up. And I interjected. No, I actually think we really needed that disclaimer. Yeah. I felt like it was important. um, So again, we hope that you're enjoying this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends and share it on social media. That's it for today. Until next time. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the messenger podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.